Hey, Excel. Like always, I'm so glad that we get to be together as a family, even though we can't be together in the same building. Today is May 7th, and maybe that doesn't seem like a big significant number to you. It's not like May the 4th be with you or Cinco de Mayo that we just celebrated and uh, tried to do what we could do to get tacos and watch Star Wars. But May 7th is significant in the United States, particularly this year, because it's the day of prayer. It's the National Day of Prayer. Every year, the first Thursday of May is dedicated to the National Day of Prayer. And I think that's important because this is something that's already been on my heart. This was something that I already wanted to talk about, the importance of prayer, even before I realized that this was the National Day of Prayer. But I think that's a good reminder from the Lord on why we need to focus in on prayer. If you've been in Excel for a number of time, you already know that prayer is something we want to emphasize. I miss having pre-service prayer with you guys. I miss praying at the altars with you guys. I miss having those moments of intercession where we can come together and we can ask God for anything and know that he hears us. Now, again, that doesn't always mean that God will do everything we ask him to do. He's not a, a genie in a bottle who just responds to your every beck and call. But he does listen to our prayers. And he is consistent with our prayers. And often we've heard that in order to pray and have a good prayer life, you need to have faith. You need to believe in what you don't see. You need to believe that God listens to you. You need to believe that God will respond to you. You need to believe that there is a God, that you're not just talking to the air. And that's important and that's true. You can't expect to have anything from the Lord in prayer if you don't have faith. But I think it's important for us to take it up a notch. Because I don't think it's just faith that we need. But we need to learn to pray faithfully. There's a difference, I think, between faith and faithfully. And I think oftentimes our prayers lack faithfulness. Again, faith is to believe something, to believe in what you don't already see. We must have faith when we pray, uh, and we must believe God by listening and following through with what he says to us. But being faithful is different. Being faithful is a firm adherence to a promise. Having faith in my marriage is different from being faithful in my marriage. I can have faith that my marriage is going to survive all I want, but if I'm not faithful and consistent in my marriage, then that faith is put in the wrong thing. See, it's not one or the other. I think it's both and. I think we have to have faith when we pray, but we also have to learn to be faithful. And what I mean by that, I just think sometimes in our prayer life, we're not as persistent or consistent as we need to be. In other words, we throw one prayer out there at one time and we think that's it. We ask once, and honestly, if it doesn't seem to matter to you to ask more than once, why should it matter to God? I think a lot of times we throw it up there and, and we wait six months and God didn't answer, we go, oh well. And it's not that God forgets, but there is something powerful about persistence, there's something powerful about faithfulness. I was thinking about it as I, I was uh, just kind of gleaning on this, and I, I was thinking about maybe when I was a kid, and you might have had a similar experience when you were a kid, your mom and dad ask you to do something, you go and you try to do it once and it doesn't work out, and you come back and you say something like, it's broken, it's not working, no one can do it, and then your mom and your dad, they give you that look, they say, hey, listen, if I go over there and I get it done, you're in trouble, and there's a party that thinks, maybe I should have tried more than once. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Let me, go, let me go take care of it. I think I got it. Again, I think sometimes our prayer life suffers because we don't suffer in prayer. We only pray once. We maybe throw it up once, even if that. 
Praying in faith is different from praying faithfully. Listen, Romans chapter 12, verse 12 in the NIV translation says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Now listen to what the NLT version says. It's a little bit different, but a little bit more modern in that. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. That's the key there, is to continually pray. In our church, you'll often hear the moniker to push, to pray until something happens. And again, we're, we're specific in saying until something happens. We don't necessarily pray until we get our way. We pray until the Lord responds, until God gives us an answer, until we hear from him, until we see from him. We're going to continue to pray until the Lord responds to our prayer. For me, a great example of faithfulness and consistency in your prayer life comes from one of the greatest prayer warriors in the Bible, a man by the name of Daniel. If you read in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, Daniel finds himself in a grave situation, a really difficult moment, not just in his personal life, but in the life of all of God's people. And so he begins to pray and he begins to cry out to the Lord. And the first day, nothing happens. The second day, nothing happens. A week goes by, two weeks go by, three weeks go by. Sounds familiar, huh? Some of us, we've been praying for this virus to end, for, for things to get back to normal, for, for our families to stop fighting. And, and we've been in quarantine for a week and two weeks and three weeks. And we're wondering, is God listening? Does God even care? But I want you to notice something. Because after three weeks of no response, suddenly an angel appears before him. And in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 through 14, listen to what the Bible says. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. This is the angel talking. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself uh, before your God, your request had been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. That, now, again, let me just pause for a second in case you're not fully understanding. The Bible describes a heavenly realm. There's, there's an earthly realm where you and I reside, but there's a spiritual realm where spiritual battles go on. And we'll tag a little bit more on that. But the, what he's saying is, I was on my way, but I was interrupted with a fight in the spiritual realm. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. There are a few things that I want us to look at, just three main points that I think are important for you and I to understand in regards to our faithfulness in prayer. The first thing is this, that God heard Daniel the second he started to pray. Since the first day you began to pray, the Bible says, for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request had been heard in heaven. I think we often get frustrated in our prayer lives and maybe stop praying because we feel like God's not listening. Like God doesn't care because if he was hearing us, then I'd already have my answer. This situation would already be resolved. And because we don't hear an immediate answer and we live in a, in a world where things are immediate, we get frustrated. And listen, I get it. I'll be honest with you. I've been frustrated that I don't get, you know, overnight delivery anymore. Now I got to wait two days, three days, four days. Man, I got used to a certain lifestyle. I got used to a, a certain way of things. But now that everything's getting backed up, now that things have interference involved, you're not able to get things as quickly as you got them before. Listen, there are things going on in the spiritual realm that you have no understanding of. And it doesn't mean that God hasn't listened to you because God hears you the moment you begin to pray. It's important that you remember that our prayers never fall on deaf ears. Listen. 
Psalm 116, verse 1 through 12. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. And I love what the psalmist is saying. He's not saying, I love the Lord because he does what I say. He's not saying, I love the Lord because he always responds to me in a very appropriate time that is convenient for me. He says, no, I love the Lord because he listens to me. Because he bows down. I love that analogy, the fact that God, he's stooping down to a level that's beneath him because that's where you are. And he wants to draw in close to here. You almost picture a, a father and their child. I, I almost think sometimes, you know, when I'm playing with my daughter, I don't hover above her. I, I bend down into her face. I get there close to her because I want her to know she has my attention. And I want you to understand when you pray, you have the Lord's attention. He is listening to you. He is right there. The second thing I love about this portion of scripture with Daniel is it also reminds us that God responded to Daniel's prayer. Listen, he says, I have come in answer to your prayer. The angel told him, I came because you prayed. See, sometimes we think, well, what's the purpose in praying if God's going to do whatever he wants to do? Well, right here we see that the spiritual realm was activated in response to prayer. It was Daniel's prayer that started the angel to go down to him. It was Daniel's prayer that caused the Lord to send an answer. The very reason the angel is there is in response to Daniel's prayer. We have to believe that God will always answer us. Now, again, that's not always the answer you want to hear. Sometimes God will send an angel to tell you no. Sometimes uh, there'll be an answer to just keep praying. Sometimes there'll be an answer to wait. One of the most frustrating things I hear from people when I ask them, what did God say in prayer is, I don't know. We make decisions after praying, but not before getting an answer or before getting an answer, I should say. We prayed. But we didn't wait on a response. And so the problem is, because we don't hear anything immediately, we take the silence as permission. Well, God, you didn't say no, so I'm guessing you're saying yes. And, and that's not accurate. That's not even appropriate. I mean, it's a 50-50 if it's yes or no. So you can use that same logic to say, well, God, you're not saying yes, so are you saying no? The, the point is to allow the Lord to give you an answer before you jump in. And it's usually a sign, if you haven't heard anything, to just keep on praying. Daniel didn't stop praying after the second day simply because he didn't hear from the Lord. He kept praying until he received an answer. Luke chapter 18, verse 4 through 5. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. This is a, a story in Luke where a woman was going to a judge every single day demanding justice for what was going on. And the judge says, listen, I don't really care about God and I don't really care about you. I'm so annoyed by you that I'm going to answer your, your request. Listen, do we annoy God? No. But should we be that persistent? Absolutely. That we should continue to knock on the door of the Lord until we get an answer. Now, again, let me give you a caveat on that. That doesn't mean that when he gives you an answer that you continue to pester him until you get your answer. I'm not saying we annoy God until we get our way. But God wants to see persistency. God wants to see faithfulness in your prayer. Like I said earlier, why would God answer with such uh, excitement and, and such uh, passion when you obviously don't have enough passion for it. 
when you obviously don't care. This woman who pestered the judge, she did it because it was a deep-seated passion for her. She demanded justice. She needed to see it come to fruition. And she would not rest until she received her answer. And the third thing I noticed in Daniel's story is not only did God immediately hear him and God respond to him, but it reminds us that spiritual warfare is real. Listen back to the scripture. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. God heard and responded to Daniel's prayer immediately, but there was an angel that was interrupted by a dark prince. Now, again, we don't know if that was Satan himself, if that was one of his demonic uh, agents. Uh, this may seem strange, and again, it might sound like a fairy tale. It might sound like it's made up. But you have to remember that there is such a thing as a spiritual realm. This is where angels and demons reside. If you believe in heaven and hell, if you believe in God and Satan, you got to believe in, in demons and angels. you got to believe in the whole shebang. And again, if I can just say this, be careful on equating uh, Satan at the same level as God. He's nowhere near God's level, okay? He's probably closer to this uh, angel, Michael, who was kind of like the, uh, the number one soldier in God's army. Where the angels and demons are at and where there's constant battle going on is in the spiritual realm. Ephesians tells us in chapter 6, verse 12, Ephesians 6, 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Again, that's a great uh, illustration of what's going on in the spiritual realm. There is warfare going on. There is battles going on. And our part in those battles comes in prayer. Listen, I don't know how long this disease is going to last, this, this COVID-19. I don't know how long the economy is going to suffer. I don't know how long, you know, we're going to go and, and be stuck at home. I don't know those things. And I'm not saying that none of that is real and that, it, that it's only ever spiritual. I'm saying there's both components. There is a spiritual angle to this. And listen, many of you are sitting at home feeling helpless. Well, prayer ensures that you're not helpless, that you can fight in this battle, that you can intercede and be on the spiritual front lines as medical professionals and others are on the physical front lines. That's why prayer is so important. I don't think it's a coincidence that the angel was engaged in battle for 21 days. It's the exact amount of time that Daniel was praying. Could you imagine if Daniel stopped praying on day 20? Could you imagine if he would have given up? I always think back to a, a story of mine when I was a young man helping my father do some construction. And we were working on a basement. We were knocking out the, the basement walls to do a whole new foundation. And my dad gave me a 25-pound sledgehammer and he told me to go to work. And I was about maybe 13, 14 years old. And I'm swinging that hammer with everything I got. It's exhausting. I'm hitting this concrete four, five, ten times and nothing's happening. Suddenly, my dad takes the hammer from me. He goes, let me show you how to do it. He takes one swing and the whole thing comes cracking down. Now, was my father stronger than me? Or was I just one swing away from victory? See, I was so upset because I knew my dad stole my swing. I knew he did it just to bug me because that's just the relationship we got. My dad likes to mess with me. I knew he did it just to get under my skin because he could tell that I was one swing away. But I couldn't tell that I was one swing away. Listen, God knows some of you in your prayer life, you're just one prayer away. You're just one swing away. You're just one moment away. And again, some of us might 
think, well, is God teasing me like your dad is teasing you? No, don't, don't draw that conclusion. That's not what I'm saying. But here's the deal. I remember just swinging that hammer alone. I felt so much stronger. Why wouldn't I? I was putting in work. I was lifting 25 pounds and swinging it away against an immovable object. I did that for hours and hours. I came out of that basement stronger than I went into it. Your prayer life has a way of strengthening you. Maybe for what's going to come after the prayer is answered. And sometimes God's delay is not God's denial. It's God's preparation. He is preparing you for what's going to come when he answers that prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 reminds us to pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion to stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Another word for persistent is faithful. Well, why would God allow this to be held up in the first place? Again, I think it's when we seek the Lord in prayer that God begins to teach us how to pray. It's when we trust in his voice and we trust that he's listening and we seek his face. See, here's the deal. Prayer is so much more for you than it is for God. God doesn't need us to beg him. God doesn't need us to grovel at his feet. Yes, we are dependent on the Lord. But even in our dependency, even in our prayers, God is doing a work in us. God is shaping our hearts. God is preparing our hearts. God is moving in our spirit. God is building up our spirit. So here's the deal. I don't think we have a shortage of prayer needs. I think there's a number of things, both personally and socially and worldwide, that we can be praying for. So here's my challenge for all of you that are listening whether you're in Excel or you're somebody else, make a prayer list. I know for me, having a list and writing things out helps for me to keep track. Sometimes we get into prayer and we go, I just don't know what to pray about. Well, sit down and think about it for a moment. Imagine if you just started with your family. Write the name of every family member, even just the ones that live in your house, and take a few minutes to pray. And when you pray, don't, don't just rush through it and ask out a bunch of things and then walk away. Listen for answers. Sometimes we think it's going to take 21 days and it only takes 21 seconds, but you were too busy talking that you didn't hear God speaking. Go through a list of things that you need to pray for. Listen, pray that this disease would end. Pray that sooner than later we'll be able to get back to some sense of normalcy. Pray for the safety of those that are, are dealing with the coronavirus and helping to pray for loved ones that you know who have the disease and are battling through it. Pray for the ones that are in the fight right now at the ICU. Listen, it's easy when you make a list and you really start to reflect and think, wow, there's so much I need to pray about. Pray for your leaders. As we continue to try to minister to you and continue to try to love you, pray that God would give us wisdom and strength and foresight to be able to do the things the way he called us to do it. Pray for your parents' marriage, that God will continue to strengthen it, even if it looks like it's doing well. There's so many things that we can be praying for, but I want to challenge you. Over the next 30 days, you know, we're looking at uh, May 29th is hopefully being the end of this phase and, and within the state of Illinois, hopefully we'll be able to, to move into the next phase of this kind of rollout plan to get back to normalcy. Well, why would you just sit there and wait idly when you can kneel and pray and ask God, God, would you begin to lower the amount of deaths that have been going on? Have mercy on your people, Lord. Bring healing to this land, God. The Bible is clear that God responds if you seek him with all your heart. And deny yourself, forgive yourself from all your transgressions. God wants to respond to that kind of heart. 
ask the Lord to bring that slow down instead of just waiting for May 29th and wondering, are we going to get it extended or is it going to stop? So my challenge again, over the next 30 days or probably less at this point, but over the next month of May, can we dedicate ourselves to maybe 5-10 minutes a day of praying? Make your list, work through it systematically, add to it daily, cross things off, be persistent, be faithful. But can we just continue to pray? Today is National Day of Prayer. Let this be the beginning of a month-wide prayer warrior or prayer chain where we will become prayer warriors as we seek the Lord and trust Him in the battle that's going on. Thank you, Excel. I appreciate you with all my heart. I miss you so much, and I pray that all of you are doing well. God bless you. We love you.